don't you hate it when somebody takes words out of your mouth and then just make and then puts it into something that you didn't say? You know something? I would not be appreciative of that. One of the things we need to remember when it comes to the Bible is that we shouldn't quote it out of context. Why is that important? Stay with us. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Grace and Truth. I'm a grateful gospel-centered disciple of Jesus Christ who struggles yet perseveres, and my name is Dave. I hope and pray that you're doing well. Today, we are beginning a three-part podcast entitled, That's Not What I Said. It was broadcasted live on Facebook on March 8th, 2021. Let's take a listen. Father God, Adonai, we thank you that you are still with us. And Lord, I ask that you would just be with us right now when it comes to what's going on in our country and in our world and with the vaccines that are going into place right now. Lord, as I tackle this subject, um, please speak through me and would you let your gospel be in the center of it all? What we know not would you teach us we have not, would you give us? We are not, would you make us? In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to do something a little different for tonight's broadcast. Um, I don't normally like to do um, hopscotch when it comes to scripture, but the reason why is doing it for tonight is because um, I'm going to talk about certain passages of scripture that are usually taken out of context. And you've seen me talk about that a lot. I mean, I have seen people use 1 Corinthians 7 out of context, and um, I'd have to point them to the correct interpretation of it, as well as um, parallel passages that talk about the opposite of what people normally think it means. Um, but I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to focus on other passages that are usually taken out of context. And I couldn't think of any other name for tonight's broadcast than this particular name for um, a message. It's called, That's Not What I Said. I mean, just imagine, I mean, you're about to say something online and all of a sudden you, you, when you post something, someone takes what you said and then makes it into something that they, that they want you to say. I'm, I'm, let me give you an example. If I were to say on, on, on Facebook, I am struggling right now. I could use your prayer on this. And then somebody copies my post and says, Dave's struggling right now. Um, it looks like it might be a sin issue. Please pray for him. No, you know something? I would not be appreciative of that because that's not what I said. I mean, don't you hate it when somebody takes words out of your mouth and then just Make, and then puts it into the, something that you didn't say. I mean, the late Dr. D. James Kennedy, for example, I mean, he talked about uh, salvation with one particular woman, and she said, well, th that means I must be a good person in order to be saved. And he's like, no, that's not what I said. But that's what you said. No, and that's not what I said. And it's, it's so frustrating when that happens. So imagine if the Apostle Paul were still with us, and we're like, 
taking verses from different from a number of his letters to the Philippians, the Colossians, or the Thessalonians. Um, how do you think he would feel if you just took one verse and then just made it into something that you wanted to say? I don't think he'd appreciate that. So let's start with this first one and let's go with the Old Testament. And I'm talking, of course, about Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, yeah, you, you, you know I would go that route. So let's take a look at that passage. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a, to give you a future and a hope. Now, when you look at that passage, um, what comes to mind? I mean, people use that passage all the time as like, like, so because of that, God has given me a plan for my life. Well, actually, I used to use that verse too as a life verse. I don't anymore because I looked at the context of that verse. Um, I was first introduced to that to the context of that verse before I left to move to Monterey for two years. Um, two friends of mine, I'm very grateful that they brought this to my attention, Matt and Allie Dodson. They told me the context of that passage. And then later on, I had to figure out, oh, wow, they were right. So let's look at the passage together. This is the entire passage. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother and the eunuchs, the officials of Judah, Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the mental work, metal workers, excuse me, had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, El El the son of Saphan and Gamariah, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing certain words, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build the houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on his behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your, and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be with you, declares the Lord, 
and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have, have driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Okay, so obviously, when you look at the entire passage, it's not saying that, it's not saying that God's just, God has a plan for you and you can just, when you have to just trust him. While that is true, that he does have a plan for you, that's not the, the correct passage to look at for that. This was during a time frame when, is, when um, the time of, in the time of Jeremiah, where um, the Israelites were going through, um, obviously you could tell they were going through a lot. They were hearing a lot of stuff that was totally inconsistent um, with truth. And they needed to be brought back to truth. I'm sure there's much more to that, but that's that's what I've seen so far. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of people use Jeremiah 29:11 out of context a lot, and um, that particular one um, is um, obviously yes, God has a plan for us, but you just can't use that verse as a basis. All right, here's another one. For where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am among them. Now, a lot of people that I've met when they pray or when we pray together, we hear that verse all the time. I'll hear people say, Lord, would you continue to be with us in this journey? Lord, you tell us that where two or three are gathered in, in your name, there you are among them. Well, yes, that is true, but that verse was not intended to be used like that. In actuality, it was used for something uh, much more intense. Let's look at that passage in its entirety. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if the two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, does that passage look familiar to any of you? The entire passage at large is actually referring to the church disciplinary process. When somebody in the church starts to sin and is going down a path that is drawing them away from God. That is where we as believers have to come to them and say, look, we're really concerned about where you're going. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, when I used to go to VCC, um, I remember going to um, this page called I Can Help, and I was frustrated because no one was able to help me set up at a church that I used to work for, and I was so frustrated I took all of my anger out on the page. And I had to repent because I shouldn't have posted that on there. The past, one of the pastors contacted me and let me know to please take it down. And you know what? I did 
because it was wrong. If I didn't, uh, then he'd have to get another pastor involved. And then um, and if I still didn't listen, he'd have to take me to the church. And I would, and if I still didn't listen, I would be excommunicated from the church. Now, fortunately, that did not happen because I'm aware of how the church disciplinary process works and I knew that I was wrong and I repented as a result. That's what would happen if you didn't repent. But yeah, that verse, as much as we use it all the time, a lot of people, even though people use it all the time when it comes to interse intercessory prayer, that you can't use that verse when it comes to that. Hey guys, we're out of time for today, but we will continue this message next week. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at my website, chewmadenew.com, or you can call me at 510-516-CHEW. That's 510-516-2439. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, peace out and God bless. Cinco's!